Today's advanced training, man, I got, uh, I was talking to Heather this morning. I feel like right now I've got so much on my plate that I'm uh, sorting through and, and trying to digest and I want to put back on your plate uh, and let you digest it. And, and there's just so much right now. There's so much opportunity. I said it earlier, but I want to say it again because uh, this portion is going out on podcast and maybe somebody didn't hear me say it a minute ago, but it's going to go out on podcast now. There is opportunity right now in the world that we're living in. A lot of people are focused on the death and decay and dismay, and uh, they're focused on, oh, I've got to stay home. Oh, it's so awful that you got to stay home. You know, clients are staying home. It's, you know, it's, it, so many people are focused on the obstacle right now, but, but not us. Uh, the Fitz Group, we're not, we're not focused on the obstacles. We're focused on the opportunities, the opportunities to go out and serve people, the opportunities to go out and help people, and in the process, we're going to help our families too. Uh, everybody's going to win by us pushing through. And so I encourage you to keep doing that. Uh, explore things. Think outside the box. I think that what we're learning right now in this current climate, in this current environment, there are things that are going to significantly change systemically in our country and in our world because of what we're going through right now. I think we're going to see, uh, I think, higher education. We're going to see more higher education opportunities online. Uh, I mean, the, the Ivy League of the world, the Harvards and the Yales and the Princetons, they're going to start having online school now because this kind of thing can shut down their school and that shuts down their business. Uh, and that's not, good, that's not good for them. Um, I, so that's, that's one thing that's going to come out of this. I think sales are going to be done differently. I think uh, business, uh, there's going to be some innovations coming out of this right now. And I just uh, encourage you with everything in me to, um, to fight through and to um, – look for the opportunities uh, to look for that silver lining in the cloud and, um, and, and think outside the box. And on the other side, we're going to be better for it. Uh, and those that we're serving are going to be better for it as well. So that said, I'll jump into my real training today. Seven secrets to managing productive people. Seven ancient secrets to managing productive people. Uh, this lesson comes from the book, The Way of the Shepherd. And it's a good book. Um, I, I think I teach this uh, lesson about once a year. I, I read the book about once a year. I got home last night, uh, and we had uh, some things that we had to do. Uh, my 11-year-old's best friend's birthday was yesterday, and so we, we dressed the 11-year-old up, and we have one of these, these full-face snorkel kind of things that's like a whole mask. And we put a trash bag over him, and he took the birthday present over and, and gave it to him, you know, with an, a broom extended to him. <laughs> you know, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I didn't I didn't realize when we got home from that, I was like, oh gosh, I left this book at the office and I, I needed the book, right? To make sure I had my notes ready for this training. Well, I, because I read it so much anyway, I just went ahead and went online and bought it on my Kindle. I got it on my phone. And last night I read the book again. Uh, this is not a hard book to read. Kevin Lehman, uh, Lehman is, uh, is, is the, the chief author here. Uh, great author. Uh, he's got several good books out there. One of them about marriage called Sheet Music. It's kind of funny. Uh, there's a double entendre there uh, with the sheet music. Um, and it's, he says uh, um, uh, that it can all start in the kitchen. You know what I'm talking about? That sheet music can all start in the kitchen. He said, I'm not talking about doing it in the kitchen. I'm saying do the dishes. <laughs> that goes a long way. He's got great marital advice 
uh, in that book. There's another book, uh, Making Your Children Mind While Not Losing Yours, I think is his other, is a, about raising kids. Uh, he's a very entertaining speaker, very entertaining author. Uh, and this book, The Way of the Shepherd, is not, it's not one of your traditional self-help books. It's a story. Uh, it's about a professor teaching his student uh, about raising sheep uh, and uh, secrets that shepherds have known for, for centuries and centuries and centuries. And from that, he comes up with these uh, seven ancient secrets that I'm going to share with you today. I encourage you to read the book. Uh, what I'm doing now is not a book report. Uh, what I'm doing now is not an executive summary, so you don't have to read the book. Uh, it's meant to entice you to read the book because I am not going to say this lesson as well as he did. Uh, and so I encourage you to get the book, read it, digest it. And again, it's just one of those things. It's pretty good to study once a year. Seven Ancient Secrets to Managing Productive People. That's not necessarily about business. That's about the world. That's your, that's your family. That's your, 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 your neighbors. That's your business. Yes, but um, it's, it's everything. So it's, there's a lot of lessons here to be had. Let's jump right into it. Number one, the first ancient secret. Know the condition of your flock. Know the condition of your flock. Follow the status of your people as well as the status of their work. Check in. Um, it's, it's important that you're uh, paying attention to the people that you're leading and, and, and what they're doing and the results that they're getting. You know, here at the Fitch Group, we have the activity tracker that we encourage people to use. Yes, use the activity book, track your numbers manually, but, but being able to translate that into a spreadsheet where the spreadsheet can tell you feedback of what's going on in your business right now that's huge. As a leader, you need to encourage people to utilize tools like that so that you can help them and you can know where they're at and what they need. Get to know your flock one sheep at a time. This is, um, I thought I knew this until I had kids, right? Uh, I, I really thought I understood this, that the, the, the agents I, were, I was leading, they're all different. Uh, everybody's different, right? And then I, when we had kids and I thought, well, our kids should really be pretty similar, right? I mean, they they each have 50% of me and 50% of Heather like that. Our kids should be, I mean, all three are so significantly unique in their own ways. It is astounding. And getting to, we always talk about like raising kids is almost like every day getting to unwrap a Christmas present. Like you just, you just don't know what's, what's going to be revealed next. Um, Heather was telling me just yesterday. She's like, you know, our, our, our 11 year old is, admittedly a little messy like he's just he's just just a little messy he doesn't keep his stuff together and whatever it's, it is what it is it's who he is but yesterday at lunch she walks into the kitchen and he's fixed like a fruit tray a beautiful presentation of fruit and she's like what are you doing <laughs> what did you do he said i just thought everybody might like some fruit he's 11 you know like what a unique kid like, we we're talking this morning on our walk going what how unique is that the other two didn't do it it's just you need to know each one of your sheep you need to know each one of the people that you're leading individually. It's not going to be something that you learn immediately. I mean, you, you may have been on board with us already a couple, three, four years already. And you're like, Fitz, you don't know this about me. You don't know this about me. No, you're probably right. I'm still discovering you too. I, I've known my 13-year-old his whole life. I'm still discovering things about him. So it's, uh, don't feel pressure. Like It's not a race to get to know your people, but be diligent in discovering things about them. Engage your people on a regular basis. Um, engaging your people, it, it comes in the form of phone calls or in the form of, form of texts or, you know, uh, uh, just reaching out a, a postcard once in a while, just a letter, you know, just little things you can do to engage. I, I, um, I was thinking this morning about a friend of mine from college who was a walk-on at University of North Carolina in basketball, and uh, his, the, his coach was Dean Smith. 
And I bumped into my friend a, a few years after college on a, on a plane. We were flying together, and we just happened to be sitting next to each other in first class. And we were just kind of chit-chatting. And he said, you know, he was a walk-on there. And yet, even though he was a walk-on, Dean Smith kept reaching out to him, kept engaging him, kept, kept leading him. He wasn't a scholarship athlete at Carolina. He was there academically and walked on to play basketball with future NBA Hall of Famers. Uh, and yet the head coach, who is a Hall of Famer himself, kept reaching out and engaging him. What a lesson. I learned that lesson then. Just like, man, I don't do a good enough job of that. I should do better. Uh, I'm working on it, right? Keep your eyes and ears open, question, and follow through. <sighs> 20 years ago, one of my early mentors told me, you trust your gut, Fitz. Just trust your gut. If, if there's a, and, and I, I later have heard people call it a check in your spirit. If you just feel like something's off, it might be. Trust it. Just trust it. Uh, we had an agent years ago that was here at the office, and, uh, and uh, Heather happened to come by with our oldest, and, and he might have been four back then, maybe three. But, but even at two, our oldest, Joseph, he was like, he knew everybody's name in a room. I mean, Grace, I remember going to your house one time, one summer. It was like July, and we went swimming at your house. And I mean, he may have been three years old at that point, but he knew everybody's name in the room and just in minutes and was calling it like, that's just who he is. And very friendly. I mean, this kid's extrovert off the charts, extrovert. You don't even have to want, he didn't need to take a test. He's an extrovert. But, um, but this agent came up and, and was trying to be nice to, to Joseph and held out his hand to shake his hand. And Joseph shakes hands. I mean, he's, that's what he does. He knows even as a young kid and, and Joseph kind of backed up a little bit. And I, I made the mistake as a parent to say, Joseph, he's a good man. You can trust him. Just sh go ahead and shake his hand. It's okay. And Joseph very reluctantly shook that guy's hand. And then three, three, four months later, that guy ended up, you know, doing some really wrong things. And it hurt me financially. It hurt my business. Um, and I thought, I should have trusted Joseph. I mean, kids, get it. Pets, get it. That's why I used to go into homes with, like, dog treats in my pocket just so dogs would like me, you know, <laughs> just to make sure. Right, but but you got to trust that gut. Keep your eyes and ears open. Question, follow through. If something seems off, ask about it. If somebody doesn't act like they're feeling good, like ask them about that. Are you are you okay right now? Are you hurting? Uh, I remember a few weeks ago I was having a conversation with Joe and Tawny, and Joe just didn't seem to be right. And I, I reached out to him because on that I could see him, and he didn't look well. And I asked him, I said, "Are you okay? Are you mad? Is everything okay?" He said, "My back's hurting." And I, you know, I was just sitting too long. Oh, okay. So I'm going to ask that question. You gotta gotta know the condition of your flock. Number two, discover the shape of your sheep. Your choice of sheep can make flock management easier or harder. Now, in the book, he's talking about as a shepherd, when you go to market and you're uh, choosing a sheep, you want to choose well. You don't want to choose the sickly sheep because they're going to mate with other sheep and make sickly sheep, right? You, you want to you choose well. Well, in our business, as we're hiring agents, as we're bringing people on board, you want to hire the good ones, man. Like, you can't. Nobody is perfect at selecting the good ones, so we have to select the mass in order to find the quality. You have to do quantity in order to find quality, but you want to invest in that quality. You want to bring them on board. When you see one that's different, trust that they're different and bring that person on board. Um, I have a, a real low bar as to who I'm bringing on board. That may, should make everybody feel good. Um, <laughs> one is, can, can you get a license? You know, are you, are you, have you done anything in your life that keeps you from doing that? But two, do I like you in the interview conversation I'm having with somebody? I just really am looking for if I like them or not. I'm 43. I'll be 44 this year. Life is too short to work with people that you hate. And so it's like, I, I don't want to start off wrong by hiring the wrong person. If I don't like people, I just won't bring them on board. And I've said that to people. I, you know what? I just don't see this as a match. I just don't see it as a fit. 
And if, I've had people get offended. Why don't you, why don't you want me? I, listen, it's just not a fit, man. I, I, <laughs> what did you say when you asked a girl out and she said no? Did you yell at her? Like she said no, man. She just doesn't want to go out with you. She, she's not into you. No big deal. Start with healthy sheep or you'll inherit someone else's problems. I think in our business, that's all I do is we, we're, you, you hire somebody, you're going to inherit somebody else's problems. You're, you're inheriting somebody else's baggage. You didn't create most of that baggage. I, you know, we used to say years ago, you know, people who come on board with us broke. I didn't do that. <laughs> they did that. And then they came here. Now it's my problem, apparently. Like I, like I did it. No, I'm trying to get you out of it, man. So <laughs> start with healthy sheep. I mean, the, 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 the healthier the sheep that you're starting with, the better your flock is going to end up being. If somebody is super saddled with all kinds of debt and credit problems and, and felonies and you know, just all this stuff, like you got to ask yourself, is it really worth it to fight to get this person on board? And once they are, is it going to get better or is that pattern in their life going to continue? Know the shape of your sheep to make sure they're in the right fold. And shape is an acronym here. Strengths, heart, attitude, personality, and experiences. Now, I think about this. When I read this statement, I think about my own kids, and I think, you know, uncovering my kids' strengths because they don't all have the same strengths. And, um, and it's, it's interesting. One of the lessons we're really trying to teach our kids continually, it's been years we've been at this now, is, is when we recognize a strength in one of our children and we complement something that they've done, it doesn't take away from the other person. Just because somebody's getting a compliment doesn't mean that you're not being complimented. Does that make sense? Just because we see you see a strength in somebody else doesn't mean that you're weak. It, it doesn't mean that that you're a, a pathetic or you're 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 powerless. Just because they have a strength doesn't mean that you're not good too. So un uncovering strengths and and really what we discovered is is uh, uh, weaknesses tend to be strengths that are overextended. That's where where you go too far in your strengths, like. Uh, an extrovert, that could be a strength in our business. You're not afraid to talk to people. You're energized talking to people. Well, it can be an, an overextension of that might be you're talking too dang much and you're not letting them talk and you're not asking enough questions. That could be a weakness. So understand their strengths, understand their heart, what moves them, understand their attitude. Uh, and I think like uh, when you see somebody's, when you can see somebody's attitude change visibly, their body changes, their body language changes, being able to see that, their personality, understand the personality. I think it's important that you take a lot of personality assessments, the Myers-Briggs and, and uh, the DISC test and like all these, I think it's really important to do all those assessments so you can better understand yourself and better understand others. Not everybody is going to have the same personality. This has been a journey I've been on really specifically over the last five and a half, almost six years now. When I came to a point where I realized who I was not and I came to a point and realized who I was. It became so freeing when I quit trying to be somebody else and instead started to really try to be me and improve me and, and be the best me. That's when my life really changed about five and a half years ago. So you need to understand that with the people that you're leading and help them walk through that too. You no, know, that doesn't work for you like it works for her. You need to think about it a different way. We need to go about it a different way because your personality is different, because your baggage is different. We got to go about a different angle. Experiences really impact uh, how your, your flock is going to uh, follow you. Okay. Number three, help your sheep identify with you. Help your sheep identify with you. Build trust with your followers by modeling authenticity, integrity, and compassion. Build trust with your followers by modeling authenticity, integrity, and compassion. Authenticity. 
you know, one of my favorite uh, speakers and, and authors uh, is, is Craig Rochelle. He's got a great pro- podcast. Uh, he's a, a pastor of a church, Life Church, up in uh, Oklahoma, but they're, they're kind of all over the country now. Uh, if you have the Bible app on your phone, that's probably from their church. They put it out there for free. Uh, the U version is, uh, is their Bible app. It's been da- the most downloaded app uh, in iTunes history, something like that. Uh, at the end of every one of his podcasts, he always says people would rather follow somebody who's real than someone who's always right. And I hear that and I go, he says that every time for me. <laughs> like he's here, he's saying that for me to remind me it's okay to be you. Now, um, it's also okay to improve you. Like <laughs> sometimes people are like, I'm just being authentic. No, you're not. You're bitching. Like that's not being authentic. That's complaining. That's whining. That's, that's, that's not authentic. That's nobody wants to be around that. Right. <laughs> be clear on like, if you're telling uh, something that you're going through right now, it's important that you have a victory on the other side, or you're just looking for misery uh, that, that, that wants the company, right? Like that's, it's important that if you're sharing something that's going on in your life, that you also share the victory that you're already seeing in it. If you're not seeing the victory yet, maybe you don't share it just yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> integrity, integrity. Yes is yes. And no is no. What you say is what you do. If, 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 if I say we're going to do a meeting on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock and then I don't show up, I'm going to lose your trust because I lacked integrity. And finally, compassion. A lot of people think compassion is being nice. And, and being compassionate can include being nice, but I can distinctly remember uh, sometimes uh, being compassionate from coaches, sometimes it meant they were making me run laps. <laughs> Or running suicides on the court, right? Like sometimes I, I, I tell the story because my, my kids know this. Like uh, we, my kids look both ways when they're looking for cars and, and, and when we're crossing the street. And if they don't, I grab them and remind them, you know, you're going to get squashed like a bug. And I have stomped a bug and smeared it on the pavement underneath my foot. So my kids really get the image of what could happen to them because they're not going to be able to hold up against that car. Right? Am I being mean? No, I'm being compassionate. I don't want my child to die because they weren't paying attention uh, crossing the street. And I feel it's my job as dad to make sure they get that. So compassion is, is really understanding where somebody is and helping them move through, wherever that is. Set high standards of performance. Set high standards of performance. If you're okay running two appointments a week, that's the standard you're setting for your team. If you're okay doing two interviews a week, that's the standard you're setting for your team. You need to set standards for yourself so high that your team can fit inside of those standards, right? It's very unlikely that you're going to hire somebody that outperforms you. It's unlikely. And, and people go, well, I thought I could hire people better than me. Yeah, you can, but people who are not as good as or who are better than you aren't attracted by you. They're not going to be attracted. It's kind of like, if I'm not, I'm not attracted to marriage mentorship from somebody who's been married 20 times because I've only been married once, right? Like I, I, I feel like I, what are they going to teach me, <laughs> right? That I'm not saying they're beneath me. I'm just saying I'm beyond them in that educational portion of my life. I don't need that mentorship. So set high standards of performance. Relentlessly communicate your values and sense of mission. I think you relentlessly communicate your values and sense of mission by walking it out, by living it out. It's not something that you need to preach. People would rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Guess what? They're going to see your sermon. No matter what you're saying, they're going to see your life walking out. Um, part of this, you know, I, I love hearing when people ask Heather, 
what's Fitz like at home? She's like, have you seen him on stage? Have you seen him on camera? Have you heard him on a podcast? That's pretty much what he's like at home. <laughs> I mean, there's sometimes at home I need a little, little quiet time because I've used all my words for the day. But, uh, but I'm the same wherever I am. And I just feel like what I'm trying to do is be authentic in walking out my values and sense of mission. No matter where you catch me in life, you'll see me doing the same thing. Define the cause for your people and tell them where they fit in. What are we chasing? When we hit senior board member last year, one of the biggest lessons I learned was the people who are following me need to know where we're going. I, I can't just expect to help them get where they want to go and everything's said and done. I also need to communicate where I'm trying to go so they can help with that. Remember that great leadership isn't just a profession, uh, isn't, isn't just professional, it's personal. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, the Godfather said it's not personal, it's just business. Um, and then, I don't know if you saw the movie, You've Got Mail. But Meg Ryan comes back with that, and she's like, well, of course it's personal. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. It's not just business. Of course it's personal. This is, the Fitz Group is my family, right? Like, I, I think about when we were gone to uh, spring break in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago, um, we, the, the family was talking about the things we missed, and we had to leave our dog behind, and my father-in-law, Pops, he stayed behind and didn't go with us on the trip. So everybody was like, oh, I miss Pops. Oh, I miss Charlie, our dog. And I was like, you know what? I also miss my staff. I miss being at the office with my friends at the office. Like, so when somebody comes against one of my friends, I don't know about you, but I tend to go off on them. <laughs> you know, like if somebody's going to slap my kid, <laughs> they better run fast. I'm going to catch them and beat the crap out of them. You know, like that's, that's how I play the game. It, it is absolutely 100% personal. Make your pasture a safe place. Keep your people well-informed. Keep them well-informed. Like right now, we're going through this coronavirus deal. Like it's important that you keep your people informed of, of how to handle it and how to push through it and, and how not to go bankrupt over the next six weeks. <laughs> like it's a real thing. We're commission only. You've got to push through it. Keep your people well-informed. Infuse every position with importance. Yes, we're looking for the people that can do the high standards, the 20 apps a week and 30 apps a week, a crazy number. Of course, we're looking for people like that. But the person who submits one app a year, I'm grateful for. We've got an agent that never plugs into anything. And every February, he turns in another app. <laughs> it just, I mean, he didn't plug into anything. I, I mean, he, I guess he likes us. He just turns in business and he responds when we talk to him. But we, we, I've never met the guy in person. He's been around six, seven years now, I think. Infused, and he's got, a, he's, he's got importance. Why? Because he's contributing to the overall bigger picture. Call chronic instigators from the flock separate them. If you're having group conversations and somebody's always butting in with their negativity, you need to pull them aside and tell them how to fix it or get the heck out, right? You can't let that cancer grow in your business. Regularly rotate the sheep to fresh pastures. In uh, this book, he's talking about the sheep literally need to move to fresh pastures or otherwise you're going to eat all of the grass and it's just going to be dirt. And what we do, I think it can be so redundant and so boring sometimes that we need to remind people of everything that we have so many people get in the rut of selling mortgage protection or selling final expense, and, and they need to go to that fresh pasture of getting the green sheet and uncovering those annuity sales or uh, inviting people to one of our tax-free retirement seminars and getting people to that so they can learn how to put money. Like, those are fresh pastures. It's adding tools to your tool belt. It's expanding your comfort zone, right? And, and that's in helping them expand the same thing for them. Reassure the sheep by staying visible. They need to know where to find you. It's one of the things we say about attending all meetings. Like your people are not going to attend meetings that you're not regularly attending. They're just not going to show up because they don't see you there. Don't give problems time to fester. I mean, you, you catch wind of a problem, you got to clean it out quick. Otherwise, 
if you let that infection go too long, it can, it can turn gangrene and like you know, lose an arm, lose a body. You could die from it. Number five, the staff of direction. When you think of a shepherd, you think of that staff with a crook to it, right? So the staff of direction is one of the ancient secrets. Know where you're going, get out in front, and keep your flock on the move. The sheep are looking for the shepherd. They're looking for that staff. They're looking for that leadership. Get out there and go. When directing, use persuasion rather than coercion. When directing, use persuasion rather than coercion. Um, per persuasion and coercion. It's a fine line, the difference between the two. But really, as I look at it, the difference between the two is what's the motivation behind it. Uh, persuasion is like me getting my kids to eat broccoli. Uh, coercion is like the mob. <laughs> Do this or I'll kill you, right? So, <laughs> like, it's uh, coercion is... Uh, getting somebody to do something that's really a benefit for you, not for them. Whereas persuasion is getting them to do something that's a benefit for them. Give your people freedom of movement, but make sure they know where the fence line is. Don't confuse boundaries with bridles. We were having a conversation with our kids uh, on Sunday, and we were planning on having this conversation. Heather recently read an article uh, about, you know, kids need uh, a big thing for kids. They need to feel autonomy in their schedule. Uh, in this day and age, with all these uh, devices and electronics, uh, you really have to – um, kids need to take control of it themselves. And if they don't feel like they're, they own it themselves, they feel like they're just being uh, managed, then they're going to rebel against it, right? So we sat down on Sunday and we're like, okay, listen, our school actually is saying, here's the, the classes and every day and the hours that you're supposed to be. But, you know, once school's out at 3.30, what are you doing until 9 o'clock? Because we don't have soccer right now. We don't have gymnastics. We don't have piano. We don't have uh, our, uh, acting class. Like all the stuff we're doing throughout the week is all canceled right now. So what are you going to do? So we're explaining them about autonomy and putting together that schedule for themselves. And then we said, but, but here's the thing. You have autonomy in setting your schedule, but we're going to help you hold accountable to it. That's what this is kind of outlining. Give your people freedom. Don't dictate. Dictatorships don't last. Just look at world history. It doesn't last. You have to give your people freedom, but you also have to establish boundaries. There is actually freedom in boundaries. Um, because if you cross boundaries, some freedoms can be taken away. For example, one of the boundaries in life is murder. <laughs> you cross that boundary, you're going to prison at best, right? At worst, you may be executed if you're in Texas. So don't confuse boundaries with bridles. When your people get in trouble, go out and get them out. When your people get in trouble, I've said this to my kids, and, and I believe it with the agents as well. I can only cover you as long as you stay under my covering. If you do anything that takes you out of that, I can't help you. If my kid, kid commits murder, I'm not keeping them. I'm not hiding them away. They're subject. They've just stepped out of the world that I can control. They've stepped out of the, the umbrella that I can protect them with. Same with agents. When I see an agent doing something wrong, hey, 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 don't do that. That's going to put you outside of the circle where I can't help you anymore. Remind your people that failure isn't fatal. We fail every day. If you're not failing at this on a daily basis, you're not working. If you're not failing at life on a daily basis, you're not living. Life is really, what they say one time, pictures are the happy moments and in between are all the failures, right? Like it's, nobody takes pictures of the failures. We only remember the happy moments, but the, 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 the stuff in between those pictures, that's life. That's what we have to live. It's not fatal. You can get up again. Number six, the rod of correction. So in addition to a staff, shepherds will also carry a rod and a rod is for correction. <laughs> Protect. Okay, the rod is used to protect. Stand in the gap and fight for your sheep. That rod that a shepherd carries, not the staff, the rod that they carry, that's for 
hitting wolves. That's for, that's for beating uh, the, the, uh, the predators away, right? Protect. You got to stand in the gap and fight for your sheep. Uh, correct. Approach discipline as a teaching opportunity. Inspect. Regularly inquire about your people's progress. Okay, number seven. The heart of the shepherd. Great leadership is a lifestyle, not a technique. I can't encourage you enough. Everybody listening to my voice right now, whether it's live or recorded later, including my own ears, we've got to improve our leadership. We have to expand beyond where we currently are in our leadership capabilities, or we're going to be stuck where we are for the rest of our lives. We have to get better. We have to get better. Your family depends on it. Your city, your county, your state, the nation, the world depends on you getting better as a leader. You have to improve. Every day you have to decide who's going to pay for your leadership, you or your people. If, if you don't sacrifice and put in the effort to improve your leadership ability through reading, through mentorship, through seminars, through podcasts, if you're not actively engaged in improving your leadership, the people who are following you are going to suffer from you sucking so bad. And I think about that about myself first. Before I'm pointing fingers, I'm thinking about me. Is what is, are my shortcomings hurting my people right now? Yes, they are. <laughs> what are your, what are your shortcomings, Fitz? I'm not getting into that. That's another seminar. <laughs> that's, that's all another conversation. I don't want to talk about it right now. But <laughs> my shortcomings are absolutely hurting you. Just like your shortcomings are hurting the people following you, your, your, your spouse or your kids or your agents. It's hurting. And so we have to get better. We have to improve it or they're going to suffer. Most of all, have a heart for your sheep. Um, I can't even say that sentence out loud without starting to get choked up about it because <clears throat> for years and years and years, Heather and I have been on our knees, on our faces, crying and praying for our agents. And it's not a new thing. It's been 20 years. And we see where people can be, and we want them there so bad. We know how good it's going to be when you get there. And we want you there so quickly. It's just we care, right? You've got to do the same. I believe that you guys feel it, that Heather and I care. We believe that. Even if you don't believe that we care, we still do. And we're still praying for you. And I don't care what you think about all that stuff. We believe in it. And we think it's powerful. And, and we're going to keep doing it because we know we can help people get to that next place that they're trying so desperately to get to. If you are trying to build a business or you are trying to build a successful family, and you don't genuinely care. Listen, if you're talking to the people that you're leading in terms of how it benefits you, that's, that's not you caring. It, you have to talk in terms of how it benefits them and think about where they're at and what they need to get to that next place. That is showing that you care. Hope that helps. <laughs> Seven Ancient Secrets of managing productive people. Great book. Uh, Kevin Lehman does way better than me <laughs> teaching that stuff. Uh, but it's so, it's again, story, really easy to understand. Uh, I recommend you pick up the book and, uh, and read it today. Talk to you soon. Can I help you? Sure would like to. If you're an agent with us, please go to timewithfits.com. That's timewithfitz.com to schedule a time when I can help you directly. Just pick a topic, pick a time, and we'll meet. 
you're not an agent with The Fitz Group, I encourage you to go to thefitzgroup.org slash contact. Again, that's thefitzgroup.org slash contact and send us a message. See you next week.